This week's episode is brought to you by Fairy Godmother Travel, the official travel agency of Communicore Weekly. Send me an email over at communicoreweekly at fairygodmothertravel.com and they will take care of all of your Disney travel needs. Welcome to season three. Hello, and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And it's our 151st episode spectacular. No, that doesn't have the same ring to it <laughs> as 150th episode spectacular, does it? No, but it's, it's something we do. Yeah, it is something. We should have celebrated the 151st episode as opposed to 150, to be honest with you. But this episode is just as special because it is a themed episode. Yeah. And we're excited about that. We're not going to tell you (laughs) what the theme is. We're just going to go right into the history segment. And that way you can be surprised by the theme. Unless you read the title of the episode, then you know what the theme is. Therefore, it's no longer a surprise. I'm going to stop talking. We should probably start talking about the history, huh? Uh, Yeah, let's go. It's time for Disney Spirited away, My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, Castle in the Sky, and Ponyo are all titles that fans of the show should recognize because we reviewed all these films here on Communicore Weekly a while ago, and every time they come up in conversation, we literally cannot stop gushing about them because we love them. Uh, we've been fans of uh, Hayao Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli for almost 15 years. You know, since the introduction of Spirited Away of two- in 2003, when Disney released it on home video market after securing the rights to the film in the United States. And it also helps that John Lasseter pushed to have uh, Studio Ghibli uh, films dubbed in English and released by Disney. Also, side note, we're totally <laughs> going to go back and forth on how we pronounce Studio Ghibli or Ghibli because it's, it's so many ways to say it, and we're not sure. So, yeah. sorry in advance. Most of the websites said Ghibli with the hard J, so we'll, we'll go with that occasionally, maybe? Sure, why not? We'll see. Okay. All right, so we've got a, a direct quote from Lasseter himself. Miyazaki is one of the greatest filmmakers of our time, and he has been a tremendous inspiration to generations of animators. At Pixar, when we have a problem and we can't seem to solve it, we often look at one of his films in our screening room. Toy Story owes a huge debt of gratitude to the films of Mr. Miyazaki. End quote. So, let's take a deeper look into Studio Ghibli. Now, Miyazaki was born on January 5th, 1941, in Bunkyo, Tokyo, Japan. Uh, his father and uncle both made a fairly comfortable living uh, from the war industry with Miyazaki Airplane. And now, Miyazaki remembers being evacuated from his home, as well as the uh, nighttime firebombings during his early years. And his mother suffered from tuberculosis during his elementary and junior high school years, and she was bedridden for almost eight years. And th- this love of airplanes that he learned uh, from his father and his uncle, it wouldn't really ever leave him, uh, nor would the memory of those firebombings. They would both influence his future work as much as his mother's illness would come into play during several of his films. Miyazaki fell in love with animation in high school when he saw The Tale of the White Serpent. 
He'd read manga from an early age and knew that he, he pretty much wanted to be an artist. He joined Toei Animation in 1963, where he worked as an in-between artist on Gulliver's Travels Beyond the Moon, which, of course, is the book I haven't read yet. It's amazing. All these film franchises are going into outer space. Even Miyazaki, except he started in space first. He started in space, yeah. Okay. So uh, after after Gulliver's Travels Beyond the Moon, uh, he moved up to become a chief animator and worked with director Isao Takahata, whom he would work with pretty much for the rest of his career. Uh, Miyazaki and Takahata left Toei for A Pro in 1971, where they worked on the first. Loop in the third series. Now, they moved to Zuio EI2 in 1974, where they worked on several animation projects. The company actually changed its name to Nippon Animation in 1975, and Miyazaki left Nippon Animation to direct his first film, The Castle of Castelligra Lestrado. George? <laughs> the Castle of Castelligra. <laughs> See, he can't <laughs> even do it either. Castigliostro. There we go. Castiglioso. Yes. I said it wrong again. Anyway, he, he directed that film at Telecom Animation Film, uh, which was released in 1979. And his next film was based on a manga property uh, he had written called uh, Nusaka of the Valley of the Wind. And the film, released in 1984, would showcase a lot of the themes and elements that would recur often for Miyazaki films. Uh, and they are ecology, aircraft, uh, pacifism, love, and very strong female characters. So Miyazaki, Takahata, and Yasuyoshi Tokuma, the chairman of Tokuma Shuten, formed Studio Ghibli in 1985. Their first film was Lapida, Castle in the Sky, or simply titled Castle in the Sky for the U.S. release. Uh, and that film was released in 1985. This film features two orphans who are looking for a castle that floats in the sky. <laughs> Hence the name. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, it's a very fast-paced story that has a lot of aerial battles, fantastical airships, and, you know, a healthy dose of magic. My Neighbor Totoro, the next film, was released in 1988, and is pretty much considered one of his finest works. Totoro features two young girls who move to the country with their father while their mother recuperates from an illness. And although the illness is never really mentioned, it does seem like tuberculosis. The young girls meet Totoro, a wood spirit that helps the girls deal with their mother's illness and, their abs and her absence. Now, Totoro is the first film that Miyazaki wrote that wouldn't have an actual villain. Uh, and it's a theme that we'll see again. Uh, Kiki's Delivery Service was uh, released in 1989, and it is really considered the first real commercial success for S Studio Ghibli. And in it, we meet Kiki, a young witch who leaves home with her black hat to start a business in a larger city. Uh, now, like N Nagasika and Totoro, uh, we have a very strong female lead. And the next film, Porco Rosso was released in 1992 and was a little different since the main character was a anamorphosized pig that flew uh, airplanes. And he's still the hero of the film, and one of the rare times an animal is used as a main character. As we'll see over the next few years, Miyazaki will announce his retirement after a particularly exhausting film, but he will find his way back. Princess Mononoke was released in 1997, and he announced it would be his last film. Princess Mononoke, when it was released in theaters in the U.S., received a PG-13 rating for animated violence. 
It's still a spectacular film that showcases Miyazaki's love of the environment and nature. After spending time with the young daughters of a friend, Miyazaki came out of semi-retirement to release Spirited Away in 2001. I saw this film in 2003, and it pretty much changed my life forever. Because uh, it's a great film. I love it. it is. And uh, we're not the other ones that think so, because Spirit Away won a uh, Japan Academy Prize, uh, the Golden Bear Award from the Berlin Film Festival, and an Academy Award. And it also knocked Titanic uh, as the highest grossing film in Japan for 2001. Uh, Spirit Away features a 10-year-old Ch- Chicharo and her family as they move to a new city. And her father takes a wrong turn, and they accidentally end up in a spiritual world, as we often do from time to time. <laughs> um, now, something happens to uh, Ch- Chihiro's parents, and she ends up working in a bathhouse for spirits, where she encounters uh, Haku and the evil uh, Yubaba, whom all have secrets. And the film could be a little confusing for Western audience- audiences, but its charm and beauty will really make you love it. In 2004, Howl's Moving Castle was released. It's based on the book uh, by Diane Wynne-Jones, and it's the story of a young girl, Sophie, who was cursed when she runs afoul of the Witch of the Waste. Sophie leaves her family and runs into the sorcerer Hal and his moving castle. The film is a very emotional story of love and redemption. Again, there's a strong female lead, fantastical flying machines, and the incursion of war. The next major release by Miyazaki in the studio is Ponyo in 2008. And this is a completely charming film that retells the Little Mermaid story. Now, the film has some incredibly charming characters, and like Totoro, it doesn't have a central villain. Uh, It's actually a wonderful family film that will quickly become your favorite, because it's definitely one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And in the film, we meet uh, Satsuki and his mother, and they live uh, their daily lives. Um, But Satsuki's father is a ship's captain, and he spends many days at sea. Uh, Ponyo is the daughter of a wizard and a sea goddess and yearns to be part of the human world once she meets uh, Satsuki. And it's, it's really just an amazing film, an amazing story overall. Yes, it is. Uh, next up, The Secret World of Arietti was released in 2010 and follows the story of The Borrowers by author Mary Norton. And in this film, we meet a family of tiny people that live in the walls and floors and they exist by borrowing from humans. It's a movie that has more of a love story, and although it was extremely well done and animated, it seemed to be accepted more by teens than other audiences. The latest film, which we'll be covering in the 60-second review, is The Wind Rises, which is a fictionalized biopic of Jiro Horikoshi, legendary Japanese airplane designer. I won't go into too much detail, but suffice to say, uh, The Wind Rises is truly a monumental work that could be one of the greatest animated films of all time. After the release of The Wind Rises film and manga, uh, Ghibli president Koji uh, Hoshino announced that Miyazaki would retire, and Miyazaki uh, confirmed his retirement during a press conference in Tokyo on September 6, 2013. And we hope that future releases from Studio Ghibli will continue with a level of quality that we've seen so far, but we also recommend that cadets see each and every single of the films that we just talked about in this segment. And there's also an upcoming documentary um, that somebody filmed during the making of The Wind Rises, and they actually captured all the stuff where uh, Miyazaki Ooh. announces retirement and stuff. Don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I'll have to <laughs> include it in the show notes or something, but I cannot wait. to stay. just release a trailer for it, and it looks, it looks fantastic. Well, they, you know, they've released other films 
but the ones we cover are the ones that were uh, either directed or produced or written by Miyazaki himself. And, you know, honestly, those really are the most spectacular films. Absolutely. From the studio's release itself. Um, we'd love to know what you think about Hayao Miyazaki's films, Studio Ghibli's films. Do you have a favorite of the ones? Is there one that's a must-see that uh, you tell all your friends about? Uh, give us a call on the Communicore Weekly Goat Line and let us know at 424-785-4628. That's 424-785-GOAT. He's a nerd, he's a geek, because we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. Uh, this week's book review is going to be a little bit shorter because our 60-second review is so long, but I don't want to scare anybody. This week, I'm looking at the book Studio Ghibli, the films of Hayao Miyazaki and Aso Takahata by Colin O'Dell and Michelle LeBlanc, released in 2009. Uh, and right off the bat, it's got Totoro on the cover, and any book with Totoro on the cover has to be good. Agreed. Period. Agreed. Okay, good. I'd say. Well, this is a book that I actually found at uh, my local library and added to my purchase list. Um, if you are a fan of the Miyazaki films, then you really should consider buying this. It's one of the only definitive works in English about the studio and about the films. So in addition to being authors, uh, Colin and Mitch are film critics and broadcasters. Of course, their main, I mean, not of course, if you didn't know this, I knew this, but their main focus has always been horror and fantasy related. Well, so it was interesting you, you to see, see them that? look at this. You were allowed to <laughs> see their horror stuff? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I looked the other way. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was too scared. But I like the fantasy stuff. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So basically, the authors offered their interpretations of the films based on their research and experience. They never talked down to us, which is good. And the book is not over uh, academic, which is really good. It's accessible to most age groups and to people who have seen and enjoyed the uh, Miyazaki films. Um, most of the time, they uh, point out or uh, they'll make a point about an image or a cultural definition you know, that was sort of floating in my periphery, and I was just missing the connection. Sort of like an, aha, that's what that meant type thing. It's really, the book is really a wonderful companion to the output of the studio. And, you know, they also look at the works that led Miyazaki and Isao Takahata and Toshio Suzuki to found the studio itself. And, you know, the real reason that you want to pick up this book is, uh, like me, if you've watched Spirited Away or Princess Mononoke, and you feel like you might be missing something culturally that just doesn't translate very well, the authors do a great job of sort of stepping in and explaining a lot of the symbolism or cultural meanings that exist in the film. And it really broadens your appreciation of the entire Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli uh, film library itself. But it doesn't uh, contain the correct pronunciation of all these names, does it? No, no, no. Which it's is why we we're still saying struggle with. <laughs> so, okay, so uh, this is definitely a book. If you if you love the Studio Ghibli films, you need to pick it up. It will help you, you know, with a little bit better understanding. And it's Studio Ghibli, the films of Hayao Miyazaki and Isao Takahata by Colin O'Dell and Michelle LeBlanc. What we liked, what we didn't like, he's in the booze. 60-second review. Okay, so we've got three really big, well, I guess they're normal size, but they're important Blu-ray releases to talk about this week from 
Yes, 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 that's right, Studio Ghibli. Um, they're not Disney films, like you you know, but they are being distributed by Disney and Touchstone, so that's part of why we're covering them. Uh, all the voice work that was done on the films, of course, was dubbed by Disney, so that's, that's another plus itself. Uh, as you heard earlier, you know, we rave about all the films of Studio Ghibli on Hayao Miyazaki, um, so it's, it's a safe bet that we're going to recommend these releases as well. Uh, we've got two releases from Studio Ghibli that are long overdue for the Blu-ray treatment and the latest film, which might be one of the most amazing animated films ever made. So uh, let's go chronologically by order of theatrical release and check out Kiki's Delivery Service first. Yes, so Kiki's Delivery Service, it was released in 1989. And again, it's a story about a young girl who must follow tradition to become a witch, but not a wicked one. <laughs> and she has the help of a chatty cat. So, and she sets up this delivery service in a far-off city as she kind of tries to find her place in the world. And kind of like what George mentioned, the film has the dub voices of Kirsten Dunst, uh, the late Phil Hartman, Matt Lawrence, and many more. And it's really an incredibly charming story, and for having come out in 1989, it really still holds up strong. Yeah, Kiki's never been my absolute favorite, but like all the Miyazaki films, it... it, it oozes charm and lovable characters. Um, Phil Hartman is a fantastic choice for the role of Kiki's familiar, Gigi, uh, and it just makes me wish he was still alive today. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> and I've always thought that, you know, besides being a great family film, it's going to be most well-liked by the preteen set because of the, the characters itself. There is so much heart in this film, and it's really, uh, it, it's truly special to see Kiki grow over the course of the film yeah and uh, you know the film itself it looks excellent on blu-ray despite mm -hmm. its age i mean the animation is crisp uh the colors really pop and for that alone uh i think that's worth the price of the disc uh having said that i'm slightly disappointed they didn't have any new uh real special features on the disc uh yeah. you know they had one which was a musical montage of ursula's painting uh but the rest are actually holdovers from the previous release and you know don't get me wrong if you haven't seen them before and even i've seen them before they're still fantastic but i yeah. really would have loved some maybe some kind of retrospective of some sort considering you know how long ago the film came out i just you know hear them talk about it a little bit more yeah maybe they were waiting for us to do the retrospective hey maybe we can do it we're doing it right now yeah, we are. That's true. That's Pronouncing true, so. names wrong, left and right. <laughs> left and right. So, you know, the theme of this segment is going to be pretty much owning anything by Miyazaki on Blu-ray is worth it. Um, Kiki is a great addition to Castle in the Sky, Ponyo, My Neighbor Totoro, uh, all wonderful films to, to watch on Blu-ray and to enjoy. Now, the next film, Princess Mononoke, is not as well known primarily due to the PG-13 rating that it received. Uh, so Princess Mononoke is a story of a young Imishi warrior named Ash Ashitaka. Ash Ashitaka. Ashitaka. I always get her name wrong. Uh, his name wrong. And in his involvement in a struggle between the forest gods and the humans who consume its resources. And the term Mononoke is not a name, actually, but a Japanese word for a spirit or a monster, which is kind of perfect for the title role uh, when you watch the film. And it came out in 1997, and it features the voice talents of uh, Billy Crudup and Billy Bob Thornton and Minnie Driver. Yes, and still, as we remember from the Tarzan episode, I have a huge crush on her. So, Do you? Um, yeah. Yeah, you do. I know. Yeah, I'm I kidding. Yeah, of anyway. course I remember. So, 
<laughs> okay. Now, this, this is the most mature of all the Studio Ghibli films, mainly due to the violence and the storyline. There are some fairly graphic images presented, but it is still an amazing film that shouldn't be missed. You just may not want to show it to the <clears throat> younger Studio Ghibli films in the audience. Uh, parents, caregivers, should preview the film first. You still are going to love it, but uh, anyway. Uh, Princess Mononoke is pretty similar to Spirited Away in that it touches on a lot of cultural themes that could be confusing to Western audiences. Like, we still have no idea what those tree sprites with the shaky heads are. Yeah, that's definitely but a cultural thing. awesome. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. I love them. Uh, but again, here, the special features are kind of lackluster. Uh, we get a featurette of when uh, Miyazaki traveled to the U.S. and Canada to promote the film uh, when it was released. And we also get a featurette of the English voice cast talking about the film. But other than that, you know, there's just a handful of trailers that round out the disc. But again, you're buying this because of how amazing it looks on Blu-ray. Like, really, it looks fantastic. I, I can't say enough mm -hmm. how great it looks on Blu-ray. Yeah, they all look spectacular on their initial DVD releases. So I'm glad they followed through. Yeah, agreed. And and they kept the, the high-level quality there. So um, I do agree it is incredibly well animated. Nobody does motion quite like Miyazaki and emotion. Um, the, uh, the last release that we'll look at is The Wind Rises. Uh, I saw this film in the theaters, and uh, was I was completely blown away with it. Totally. Uh, Miyazaki announced his retirement shortly after the film's release in Japan, so this can be seen as his final and possibly his greatest work. And to me, it might actually be one of the most amazing animated films that I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't see it in theaters, but I remember you coming back like, or texting yeah. me after you saw it, and you're like, this is great, you need to see this right away. But uh, <laughs> I didn't get to see it until it came on Blu-ray. Uh, because it was like, what, a few months before Haunt Season? Yeah, that's probably what yeah, it was. I had to prepare myself. Prepare. Yeah, okay. Uh, so <laughs> the story centers around uh, Jiro, who dreams of designing beautiful airplanes since he won't be able to fly due to his nearsightedness. And over his life designing, he experiences many world events and uh, love, of course. And like I said, I didn't get to see it in the theater like George did, but I really wish I did. Because as much as I loved it at home, it would have been amazing to see it on the big screen. Yeah, The Wind Rises has a more lyrical pace. And it's missing the whimsy of Ponyo and My Neighbor Totoro, but that really doesn't detract from it in, in any way. But it could seem like it's geared towards a different audience. I took both of my boys to see it, and the, you know they've seen Ponyo in the theater as well, and those, those films are pretty much opposite each other for audience. Um, the, uh, the sardonic teen, as I like to call him, and my superhero-obsessed tween both thought it was incredible. And the moment we got the review copy, they were as excited as I was to sit down and watch it that evening. Um, to me, it is Hayao Miyazaki at his height. He takes the usual studio Ghibli realism and weaves an incredible love story between Jiro and Nohoko. Uh, the animation and writing are impeccable, and many of the scenes of the Japanese countryside are jaw-dropping. As, as I mentioned earlier, The Wind Rises, it's probably one of the greatest animated films. And true to Miyazaki's style, there's no true villain in the piece. And, and, and the whole film is a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, included on the disc is a featurette with the English voice cast discussing the film and a surprisingly in-depth press conference from when the film was announced. <laughs> and the press conference is literally a movie by itself. It's like an hour yeah. and a half long. It is <laughs> unbelievable. 
And there's also the ability to watch the entire film in storyboard format. Mm -hmm. Uh, That, to me, is incredible, especially as a filmmaking nerd. That is insane. It's it's just amazing to see the the process of how it went from storyboard to the final product, and definitely one of my favorite features ever in the history of Blu-rays. That was wonderful to see that. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty exciting to go through that and see it. Um, also, the book The Art of the Wind Rises has almost all the storyboards in it as well, but I've covered that. You many, did many, cover many, that. Many you had ago. your time, George. I know. Okay, okay, okay. So, you know, I think it's as as I mentioned at the top of the review, it's. We recommend all three of these titles, especially The Wind Rises, since it's such an amazing film. Um, there's this feeling of grandness to The Wind Rises that you just don't see in many animated films. And, you know, given that this could be his last film, it's one that you need to experience, especially in concert with his other masterpieces. So, like, 17 thumbs up. Yeah, I, I would even venture to say more. 19, 20 thumbs up. Definitely go, go with these Blu-rays. You will not be disappointed. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. Now, we, we said it before, but I'm going to say it again. My Neighbor Totoro is an amazing film. So much so that John Lasseter wanted to add a little nod to the title character in Toy Story 3. So, a plush Totoro toy can be seen a few times in the film. Uh, when Bonnie is first seen playing with her toys, he's there. When Woody is using Bonnie's mom's computer, Totoro can be seen in the background. And he also appears in the end credits when uh, Woody is introducing Andy's toys to Bonnie's toys. And then again, uh, he's juggling the aliens when Buzz and Jesse have that dance sequence. So Totoro is all over Toy Story 3, officially making him part of Toy Story canon. Ooh, I didn't think about that aspect. Yep. Ooh. Well, toy Totoro, okay. at least, not like real Totoro. Yeah, but, you know. That's Still, okay. the universes Still. are... Co- everything's connected. <laughs> There's a crack exactly. in the wall of the universe. Uh-oh. We need a doctor. Wait, maybe. Stat. Possibly. Anyway, yeah, it's not that I'm wearing my Doctor Who Totoro shirt. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you really? Yeah, he's got, the, Nerd. He's, got the, he's got the bow tie and the fez and the sonic screwdriver. That's hilariously but awesome. But he's the giant Totoro, so Very love nice. it. Wow. Okay, guys. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for staying with us through this Studio Ghibli extravaganza. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Leave us a comment and give us a rating on iTunes. Email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com. And you know what we didn't mention is we still want people to email us their name, their birthday month and date, and their mailing address for something special we're going to do during Season 4. You only have a handful of episodes left before Season 4 starts, so get them in now. Trust me, you're going to want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Weekly. Ooh, we should do Totoro Tuesday Ooh, every once a, in a while. That's a good one. We can replace Toadie Baxter yeah. Tuesday with Totoro Tuesday every so often. Or maybe Photoshop Totoro with Tony Baxter's face on top of it. Um, Totoro with Tony Baxter's mustache. Oh, done okay, it's, it's happening okay all right so um uh then follow us on twitter and instagram i think that's where we were yeah uh, <laughs> i'm at i'm at imagine nerding and he's at jeff heimbuck and of course give us a call on the community weekly goat line at 424-785-4628 and we hope you guys enjoyed the full-length version of mouse ears that we debuted on the 150th episode and uh, we'll have some news about that in the future as well but you can grab your copy of Communicore the Weekly Communicore Weekly The Musical on CD Baby iTunes Amazon and also listen to it for free on Spotify 
and Google Play to get your musical fix. 151 episodes. Still doesn't know the name of the show, folks. Yeah, I know. That's how we work. It's terrible. (laughs) Well, you can also visit the Communa store at communacroweekly.com. Click on the store link and find some awesome t-shirts to buy. So for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. Mm